Hey y'all, it's Janice here, aka J Nice on the mic, and this is Dirty Diversity, a podcast on all things diversity, equity, and inclusion. This podcast is called Dirty Diversity because in this day and age, diversity has become sort of a dirty or bad word that causes a lot of knee-jerk and negative reactions. The goal of this podcast is to dissect diversity, or lack thereof, inside and outside of companies, and also to discuss current events around equity and inclusion, as well as discussing solutions for creating a more cohesive world and workplace. My name is Janice, aka J Nice on the mic. <laughs> that was and still is my moniker on YouTube. Some of you may know I started a YouTube channel almost 10 years ago to discuss topics around race and black identity, and it seemed to really resonate with my audience. I'm also a TEDx speaker, a professor, a diversity and inclusion consultant, and a writer with a PhD in organizational psychology. Welcome to Dirty Diversity, and thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to have you here with me. Hey y'all, Jay Nice on the mic. Happy Monday. I hope you all are having a wonderful or had a wonderful weekend. We are almost at the end of June. June has been a long month. <laughs> June, we started with protests and we're ending with still some, some demonstrations and protests going on. So I'm hopeful and excited and anxious to see what the month of July will bring. So in this week's episode, I wanted to discuss a topic that I've been mulling around in my mind for the last year or so. And that topic is reparations for Black Americans. So before we get into this week's episode, I just want to first of all say thank you to all of you listening who have taken the time to review the podcast. If you have not already, please take a moment to just pause this and review the podcast. It's just helpful to me so that other people can find the Dirty Diversity podcast. So if you do enjoy it, please just take a moment to review the podcast. Um, it would mean the world to me. Uh, the second thing that I wanted to say is I've been getting some really good reception for my new book, Dirty Diversity. There is a link to get the book in the show notes. Um, if you have gotten it and have read the ebook or the physical book or listened to the audiobook, please leave an honest review. I would love to hear what you think, what you really enjoyed about the book, uh, maybe things that you would have liked to see in the book that you didn't. Y'all, I already have the second book idea in mind, and um, I didn't have the idea in mind until the last month, but with everything going on, I have so many ideas for the next book. Um, my goal is to start writing it after, or, you know, soon. Um, so I'm, I'm working on some projects around racial equity. I'm so excited to share it with you. Um, but for now, I would love to hear what you thought of the Dirty Diversity book. And if you're interested in purchasing the book, the link to purchase is in the show notes. 
So this week we are discussing reparations. So reparations is the the funding or the um, essentially reparations would be the a the American government acknowledging the harmful and wrongdoing of American slavery, um, taking black people from their home in Africa and you know, distributing them in the U.S. and then um, making them slaves, instituting laws and rules and policies that have kept Black Americans down systemically for uh, hundreds of years, for 401 years. So uh, the reparations debate has been reignited with everything going on in the country right now. So I wanted to uh, share my thoughts on reparations and just give a little bit of insight. So I first have to preface this conversation by saying I would not qualify for reparations because I am a first-generation American. Some of you may know this, some of you may not, but my parents came to the U.S. in the 80s from the country of Cameroon. So I would not qualify for reparations um, based on the model that I think we should be utilizing. Reparations should only be given to descendants of American slaves. Um, so that's my personal opinion, and I first had to preface this by saying that because I'm, I, I think that makes me a little bit less biased in that, of course, you're going to be saying we should have reparations if you're going to be the one benefiting from them, but I would not be receiving any sort of reparations, but I still think that there is a really strong case for reparations. So what would reparations look like? I think a lot of people say, well, you know, how, what would that look like? Would it be monetary? Would it be, I'm not in the mindset that I think reparations should be monetary, but I'm going to share different ways that I think we as the United States can go about conceptualizing reparations for black Americans. Um, so the first would be in housing. There is, uh, you know, there's a history of systemic racism in housing. There were policies like redlining and things where uh, black and Latin ex home buyers were steered away from buying homes in white areas. Um, and then there's a phenomenon called white flight where when um, underrepresented groups. So when, when black and brown people move into neighborhoods, white people move out and the property value goes down. So, um, you know, all of these systemic barriers that were experienced by black people in the U.S. have made it more difficult for black people to buy houses. Um, I saw a study that said that um, a higher, a much higher percentage of white people when buying houses have uh, received money from their families or have some sort of endowments uh, that they inherit. Inherit, um, So it is easier for them to come up with a down payment for a home. Um, uh, whereas black Americans, many of us take out student loans where we have six figure student loan debt. So it's more challenging for us to save up the money to, um, put a down payment toward a home. Whereas our white counterparts, uh, are more likely to have, uh, receive money from family or receive money, a down payment as a gift. So I think that when we're conceptualizing reparations, one way that it could look like is for descendants of American slaves, um, they would receive lower interest rates 
on their homes. So I think that for black American descendants of slaves, they should receive um, very, very low interest rates um, compared to their counterparts. Also, there is a amount of money that is called the PMI. When you um, when you get a mortgage, you pay the PMI if you are not able to put the down payment of the house down. So if you're not able to pay 20% of the home, you end up having to pay um, a small amount of money each month, which is called the PMI. I think that the PMI should be waived for um, as a form of reparations for uh, black Americans. Um, so I'm going to put a article that I wrote last year about a study that was done um, in Long Island, New York. And many of you know that Levittown in Long Island um, has a history of some of the, the you know, most obscene housing discrimination and racism um, toward black and brown people. But in this um, article, I just talked about how they did a study in Long Island and they found that um, despite all of these laws, the Fair Housing Act and all of these laws that are put in place to discourage uh, housing discrimination is still rampant, especially in New York. Um, and I'll leave that article in the show notes. But so um, allowing black Americans to not have any PMI and then also um, having lower interest rates is one form of reparations that I think that we could adopt. A second form of reparations, and I'm a huge fan of this, and one of the reasons why I was a, such a huge supporter of Bernie Sanders is the idea of um, student loan debt being forgiven and the idea of free college education. So um, I think that black Americans should receive free undergraduate education um, because having to take out student loans um, is disadvantages a person in many ways. If you have six figure student loan debt, um, you end up, you know, it, it's harder for you to save up for things like a house and a house is one of the primary ways that people build wealth. Um, so if you have a mountain of student loan debt, it can disadvantage you in several different ways. So I think that um, for descendants of uh, American slaves, they should receive free college tuition and um, they should have their student loans forgiven. And, you know, I may be biased in saying this because I have student loan debt. I have a lot of student loan debt because I have my PhD, so I have, you know, a considerable amount of student loan debt, but I say that, um, you know, for black American descendants of slaves, their student loan debt should be forgiven, and they should get free college education um, as a form of reparations. I also think it's important to examine the workplace because a huge place where systemic racism is pervasive in our lives is in organizations and in workplaces. So I think that there are already systems in place to try to create more equity, one of those systems being affirmative action. I think that affirmative action policies should be um, mandated uh, because when affirmative action is implemented correctly, uh, the research indicates that it was an effective way to increase diverse representation. So I think that uh, affirmative action should be implemented in more organizations. 
And it's important to note that affirmative action isn't a quota. Quotas are currently illegal. You can't say, we're going to get this number of black people or this number of Asians. That is illegal, but I think that um, having a, an affirmative action policy will allow uh, organizations to be more focused at increasing diverse representation. Um, so I think that that is one of the things that should be implemented into the workplace. I also think that diversity reports should be mandatory. I think that when you are obligated to report your numbers of diverse representation and how many, um, how much diverse talent and how much, uh, how what percentage of women or, or racial and ethnic minorities are in senior leadership positions, then you will feel more of an obligation to ensure that there is diverse representation in your organization. So I think. Diversity reports should be mandatory, um, uh, but you know, as a form of reparations, I do think that workplace uh, affirmative action programs should be mandated, and there should be um, they should be you know implemented and integrated into the workplace to ensure that um, there are efforts made to um, to source and to retain diverse talent. Um, so in thinking of uh, for business owners and entrepreneurs, I think that if you are a descendant of American slaves, you should get lower interest rates. You should get uh, you should be able to borrow money uh, for a much lower interest rate, regardless of your credit score for a lot of uh, black and brown people. You know, there's research that indicates that uh, black and brown people and particularly entrepreneurs and business owners um, have a more challenging time securing funding. So I think that um, when it comes to loans and taking out loans to help your business, and then just loans in general, we should get receive lower rates. Um, aside from us getting free uh, undergraduate tuition, I think that when we take out uh, student loans for grad school, um, the interest rate should be as low as possible for um, descendants of American slaves. Um, I think that um, it's really important to make loans and funding accessible for uh, black business owners. And I think that reparations should come in the form of lower interest rates and um, less stringent uh, policies when it comes to taking loans out and getting money um, to help support your business. So I think that, you know, I haven't quite figured out what reparations would look like in our healthcare system. And, you know, I, it's it's difficult to conceptualize what it would look like, but there's, you know, y'all know I'm a researcher, so I'm always talking about research, but there's lots of studies that show, you know, there are gross disparities in our healthcare system. One book I would encourage you to read that is very heavy, but it will, you know, really open your eyes to just the, you know, a, a large part of the reason why there's um, a mistrust of, uh, there's many black people that have a mistrust of healthcare and doctors in general. Um, the book is called Medical Apartheid. But, um, so I haven't really conceptualized what reparations would look like in our healthcare system. Um, I might have to do a little bit more research, but I think that if you look in every system and structure within the United States, there are racial disparities. 
Um, so reparations should not come, in my opinion, should not come in the form of just giving people money because giving people money doesn't fix those systemic issues. It's a short term fix. And also it's like, where would the money come from? Um, it would be my question. And I know that there is a school in, I believe Georgetown did this where, um, they were thinking of, a way to give reparations and I think the way that they had it set up or they were thinking of having it set up is is having a portion of each student's tuition um, go towards supporting students who were descendants of slaves and I, I don't know how exactly that worked out but I'll try to find an article and put it in the show notes but I think that there's definitely ways um to, uh, I think reparations, I'm happy that the conversation is back on the table. I definitely think that, you know, we were promised our 40 acres and a mule, and that never happened. So reparations definitely um, need to happen. And I don't think that that should come in the form of money. Um, like, you know, what we see, the German government pays um, the descendants of Holocaust victims a small amount of money. And I, I don't, I think that works for the German government, but I think for the United States, it should come in the form of policies and procedures that will have reverberating impacts for, um, for black people and our descendants. So that is my spiel for today. And so as I stated last week, um, every week I'm going to do like a black excellence highlight of a prominent figure in the black community that I would love to just talk about a little bit. So for this week's black excellence um, spotlight, I wanted to talk about Gloria Jean Watkins, better known as Bell Hooks. So who is Bell Hooks? Um, well, she is an American writer. The focus of her writing is on gender, race, and class. She was born in 1952 in Kentucky, and Bell Hooks is her pseudonym. And it's interesting because if you've seen Bell Hooks written, you'll notice that she um, she does not capitalize the first letters in her name. So Bell, the B in Bell is lowercase, and the H in Hooks is lowercase. So the reason she said she does this is because she wanted to put the focus on her writing and not on her identity, um, which is why she um, she lowercases her, her the first letters in in her first and last name um, of her pseudonym. So I thought that that was really cool. Um, she's mainly known for her writing and her poems and her, her writing focuses on systems of oppression. And, um, so I definitely encourage you to read more about Bell Hooks, read her writing, um, and read more about her. Um, one thing that I thought she said that was amazing is that I'm a teacher as well. She was, um, in academia and she said that teaching was one of the most substantial forms of political resistance. And I just think that that's amazing because, um, if I, if my ancestors were in the United States, um, in the fifties, um, when Bell Hooks was born, they would have had a lot of systemic barriers when it comes to education. Um, schools were, uh, segregated. And even before that, there were rules and laws in place that forbid uh, Black Americans from being educated. So I, I think that that's amazing that um, she said that teaching is one of the most substantial forms of political resistance, especially as a Black woman. So I thought that that was amazing. So I just wanted to share Bell Hooks 
recommend her um, her writing. I believe now she is 67, um, 67, 68. Um, but you should definitely uh, listen to her books. She has a lot on Audible. Uh, get her physical books, but I just wanted to spotlight her um, writing. And if you're looking to learn more about the intersection of race and gender and class, definitely um, check out her books. So thank y'all for li listening, excuse me, to my whole spiel today on reparations. I would love to know what you think about reparations, um, what your thoughts on it are, how you conceptualize it and what it could look like. Um, uh, check me out or, you know, let's connect on, I'm on Instagram a lot and I'm on LinkedIn a lot. So, um, both links to my Instagram and my LinkedIn are below. So I would love to hear from you. And, um, without further ado, I will check y'all out in the very next episode. Have an amazing, blessed and wonderful week. Uh, make sure you're getting rest. You're taking care of yourself and I will check y'all out in the next episode.